Okay, yeah, we should probably get... Can we talk about this movie? If you want. Ugh. We wanted a movie that was going to be easy with little to no research to do, so... Mm-hmm. Here we are. We sure got it, didn't we? We sure did. Hello and welcome to our special holiday episode of Where the People Aren't. I'm Jesse, And I'm Allie. Ho, ho, ho. And today we are talking about the 1990s classic JTT, I'll Be Home for Christmas. Just like the song. But not like the song at all, because mm-hmm. in the song, no one gets home. I think that the writers didn't know that. Anyway. Anyway. So, picture it. Picturing. It's 1998. 1998. The biggest hit of the year was Too Close by Next, which is a song I've never heard of, ever. The next top three songs that year were The Boy Is Mine by Brandy and Monica, You're Still the One by Shania Twain, and Truly Madly Deeply by Savage Shut Garden. Up. I love that song. Those are songs that everybody under the age of 40 knows. So oh, I don't true. understand I how that Savage Garden CD. It's okay. actually a pretty solid CD. I'm going to find them on Spotify after it this. It wasn't a bad CD. No, it was pretty great. Pretty like solid late 90s. So who the hell was next? I don't know. And why did they have the number one song? I never heard of it. Will said that it sounded vaguely familiar. I listened to it. I'd never heard the song before in my life. And this is like when I was entering my teeny bopper stage. So I would have listened to the radio. Hold on. I mean, it sounds like every, like, R&B group from the 90s. Yes, it does. They even look like it. Look at this. I know. I don't begrudge them their success. I'm happy for them. However, Hmm. there are no Savage Garden. There are no Savage Garden. The Unabomber and Math Wiz extraordinaire Ted Kaczynski pleads guilty to being the Unabomber and (laughs) receives a sentence of life without the possibility of parole. That was just in 1998. Wow. I feel like the Unabomber was so long ago. I feel like that should be like in the 70s or something. Uh, I know, I right? Yeah, he. I think he has a PhD in math. Yeah. That's what happens when you love math. Don't tell Connor. Uh-oh. He loves math. <laughs> the Drudge Report. I die, you'll know why. Oh, God. The Drudge Report breaks the story of Monica Lewinsky's sexual exploitation by the most powerful man in the world due to an impossible power imbalance. Bill Clinton is eventually impeached. And As then, we all know, that does a whole lot of good. A lot of good, yeah. It, it changes a lot. so many things. It, well, it gave us Hillary for the next several decades, so thanks, Drudge Report. Uh, I believe that Fox News recently said that the Drudge Report is like a tool of the progressive left, so they probably endorse Joe Biden. I don't know what that means. Probably. Andrew Wakefield, the former physician, publishes a fake story in The Lancet about the supposed dangers of vaccines linking them to autism. Fuck that guy. Wakefield is stripped of his medical license after his study was proven false many, many times. Lots of people still rally behind him because humans are fragile, strange creatures. The study stupid. (laughs) stupid. The study was fully retracted in 2010 and is generally considered to be one of the most damaging medical hoaxes of the 20th century. He's behind it. He's still standing behind it, though. He's still saying that, uh... It's not all made up. Well, sure, because all of the, like, 
super super white middle class moms are facebook moms that he's right all the yeah, facebook, the moms. facebook moms oh i hate the facebook moms they're pretty much the worst titanic wins 11 oscars remains wow. 90 minutes too long that movie's too long it is too long it's too long i'm sure if i rewatched it now i wouldn't like it i watched it sometime in the like last five or six years i feel like wasn't as good as I but i like i was so it came out what 97 late 97 i was 10 yeah so i was 12 mm-hmm. so it was just on that like peak of a teenager yeah you so were right still really like right i was in that sweet spot i saw it in theaters like twice i think so did i yeah i felt guilty like it was my fault <laughs> i was probably reincarnated i died on that ship and i was reincarnated maybe there was a lot of stuff I could have put in here, but I, the, the Andrew Wakefield thing was like the least depressing. So I decided to veer away from Man. it. There was a lot of like genocide shit. And I'm going to like look up some websites of like good things that happened in chronological times. Cause like yeah. shit, we need better. We need less bummer year facts. I do tend to zoom in on the, on the negative ones, but the good news is on November 13th, 1998, the, Timeless holiday classic, I'll Be Home for Christmas, is released to theaters. I'm not sure if that's good news or not. It sure is news, though. It it's is a, thing that, a thing that happens. I'll Be Home for Christmas was directed by Arlene Sanford. Estranged from his father, college student Jake is lured home to New York for Christmas with the promise of receiving a classic Porsche as a gift. When the bullying football team dumps him in the desert in a Santa suit, Jake is left without identification or money to help him make his journey. Meanwhile, his girlfriend Allie does not know where he is and accepts a cross-country ride from Jake's rival, Eddie. I mean, sure. I wouldn't pay, what was a ticket back then? I don't remember. 275 to see that? Yeah, it's... Weird. The budget for this movie was $30 million. The box office was a whopping $12.2 million. Oof. Ooh, that's a bomb. That is a hell of a bomb. It has 5.5 out of 10 on IMDb, 23% on Rotten Tomatoes. Oof. And Roger Ebert gave it one star and a truly brutal reveal. I love his bad reviews. I literally, every time we do something that he might have been alive to review, I look it up to see if he did. Mm-hmm. Because he's just, he's great. He's got great reviews. I've got a, at least one quote from him coming in for the kill. He wrote, I'll be home for Christmas will appeal to people who fail to care if nothing good happens in a movie, just as long as nothing bad happens in it. Is he wrong? Nope. Clearly there are no awards for this movie. Shockingly. No. It, it's not even like... Any nominations, nothing. There was no... This movie was so forgettable that it didn't even get, like, mocking award nominations. It's too bad for the raspberry, even. It's too boring for even the raspberries. That's bad. Uh, Another really brutal review was from Lawrence Van Gelder of the New York Times. He wrote, here's the good part about I'll Be Home for Christmas. It's short. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. He also had this zinger. It asked the audience to believe that Jake undergoes some sort of metamorphosis. Those who saute their brains for five minutes in the butter machine before entering the theater may achieve sufficient softening to accomplish this feat. This guy really did not like this movie. (laughs) This man hated this movie, and you know what? Good for him. Jesus. He's right, and he should say it. Just witnessed a murder. 
Well, there's not much to the origin. Uh, I I went looking for something, literally anything, and I couldn't find a single goddamn thing, which is a first. Usually, we'll find some some nugget of information out there, or at least like you know how they came to like decide to make it, right? Right, but nothing. I couldn't find anything about it. Nothing. So I think somebody came up with the idea of going, "Oh, this song, I'll be home from Christmas. That's a great song. That would make a great movie title." Yeah. And so they decided to make it, but they failed to actually understand the song. Yes. The last lines of the song are, I'll be home for Christmas if only in my dreams. Yeah, he's not coming home for Christmas. The whole point of that song is that the singer will not make it home for Christmas. It's the song of this year, if you think about it. It is the song of this year. A COVID Christmas. A COVID Christmas. So, Allie, what did you think about this movie? I hated it. (laughs) I hadn't seen this movie in probably 20 years and i remember liking it because 20 years ago i was 13 and very easily impressed and i mean jonathan taylor thomas he's he's cute he's very cute in it very cute and i didn't have quite the discerning eye for comedy that i do now and (laughs) uh i just thought that this movie was like a it was a inflated episode of a 90s sitcom. And like a bad filler episode one. Yes. Not even like a good sitcom episode, just like no. a dumb one. I must have seen this because I have vague memories of seeing mm-hmm. it. Don't remember anything from it, though, from that time. Like, yeah. I probably saw it because Jonathan Taylor Thomas was like the teen heartthrob of the day. Mm-hmm. And he's short, so that's impressive. He's very short. He's quite short, yeah. But I I got nothing. I got no memory of this. And we picked this one to do this year because, well, 2020. And because we knew that this one would not have a lot of research to do for it. Yeah, a little break. We wanted a simple, kind of dumb Christmas movie to watch to not have to work too hard at to put this episode together. It delivered. there are surprisingly few Christmas movies from Disney. Yeah, everyone will think of the Santa Claus. Yeah, there's the Santa Claus ones, and we do want to do those, but I th- that's, we want to do those and give them a little more Well, we effort. also wanted to do all three of them. And so like, I was looking, and there's there's things like Babes in Toyland, but I feel like there's a lot of history mm. there that we'd have to go yeah. into. There's Nightmare Before Christmas, but again, there's quite a bit of stuff to dig into for that one. Yeah. Muppet Christmas Carol is technically a Disney one, which is Ooh. by far my favorite Christmas Carol movie of all time. That one is really good, but I grew up on Mickey's Christmas Carol. Oh, uh, no. Muppets is where it's at, man. They're both good. We wanted something easy and quick to do, and we got stuck with this because there are so few options. I asked to do it, and I was like, yeah. You, well, I it. gave you a couple options, and you went crazy over the JTT, and yeah. then regretting that now. Man, this is Jungle to Jungle all over again. <laughs> Almost with the same cast. Almost. Oh, this is my one and only production note. <laughs> One of the taglines for this movie was, this Yule, be cool. I don't like it. That really (laughs) upset me for some reason. And I love a pun. I think it's a really bad rhyme. It is a bad rhyme. Like, it's not actually Yule and cool aren't actually a rhyme. And also, he's not cool. And he's not cool. So I was wondering what JTT had been up to lately, Mm because I feel like I haven't heard his name in a long time. And it looks like he just straight up noped out of Hollywood in the early 2000s. Mm Mm-hmm. He went to school. He went like he went to Harvard for a little while, and apparently he was over in Scotland. And I think he ended up graduating from Columbia. And but the on his Wikipedia page under his personal life, there is one line, <laughs> and it reads the following: Thomas has been a vegetarian for much of his life. That's it. Good it's the only thing on his under the radar. Life. Good for you, JTT. I hope you're living a good life and 
going on. Apparently, though, he did do a couple episodes uh, episodes of Last Man Standing, the Tim Allen. Yes. Um. I I saw part because I never watched that show. I really don't like Tim Allen, but um. Connor's parents like it, so we've watched a couple episodes with them. It's dumb. I saw part of the one he was on, but it was like he was in the end credits, like in a little post credit uh-huh. scene, so he wasn't really in. Yeah. He still looks pretty cute. All right. Okay. Let's get into it. So we open on a map of America. We need to back it up a hot second because the Disney logo has like Christmas lights on it, which I thought was super cute. Oh, I didn't even notice that. But then, yes, we open on the map of America. The opening credits are over a map of America with like Christmas lights. I guess so. They also focus on Minnesota a bunch. I noticed that. Because Jessica Biel is from Minnesota? Could be. Um, It does open with big band music. And Will's first note that he made was, what did he say? Oh, he said, you know the director put in no effort when the opening credits have big band music. These credits were so 90s. There's a fucking bouncing Santa hat. There is, yeah. Was, yeah. And they went on for so long. They did, like, the entire credits in the opening credits. It was and, very like, strange. the slowest way you could. Like, lots of movies have done credits at the beginning. Great. Cool. Mm-hmm. But none of them have taken as long as this movie did. Right. It yeah. was bananas. So after the Cole Porter song or whatever was playing, it fades into the most stereotypical like South California, Southern California. Like, oh, it's these look at those green grass or palm trees everywhere. We are told that we are at some. It's an academy, but it's a college. Yeah, but it looks I miss- like a high school, but there are dorms. So this was a hundred percent a high school set that they were on, or a building yeah. that location they were on. Like colleges don't have lockers, first of all. They and also, like the yeah. entire plot point of this movie at the beginning is that there is a kid shoved in a locker. Right. First of all, I think that by the time kids are in college, they don't have time or energy to shove people in lockers anymore. No, they don't. The kids who were shoving other kids into lockers probably didn't get into college. Right. So, like, why is there lockers? They're also talking about grades, and they say something about, like, getting a, an A-plus or an A-minus. You don't get pluses and minuses in college. At least n- not in any school I've ever heard of. I think that this might have been like a script change. I think this might have been a high school movie to start with. I wonder if they didn't like the idea of a high schooler going across the country by himself. Because I, I it feels almost like it was supposed to be like a boarding school kind of yeah, thing. Yeah, it did. Like a rich kid boarding school. In which case, lockers probably make sense because you're technically a high school. Like, okay, that makes sense. Right. I feel like somewhere along the line they changed it to a college but didn't bother telling like the production team. Right. Who by this point had a set put together for a high school. <laughs> Yeah, they were like, well, we're not changing it. Stuck with it now. I refuse. There's a kid calling out a locker combination, just like over and over, hoping someone opens it for him. Why would you lock a kid in their own locker? If you want to be a dick, put him in somebody else's. Right? Like, it's a very, and like, he he repeatedly gets put in the locker, like this poor kid. So our main character, played by JTT, is Jake. And he goes to let the kid out of the locker, but first the kid has to, like, give him all of this stuff. Like, he's only going to let him out of the locker if he's done these morally corrupt things for him. Yeah, I think they're trying to establish that what we have on our hands is a bit of an anti-hero. He's also using this poor kid as a lackey. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, he's like... What does he even have? He has like, is it like passwords to stuff or concert tickets? He's handing him some yeah, kind of papers. Like some, like, a math test... And uh, like backstage passes or something that, and then anyway, so then he finally lets him out of the locker. 
And he, it's, of course, this, like, stereotypical little nerdy kid. Yeah. Poor Ian deserved better. <laughs> and he tells him to get on the net, which is such a 1998 Yeah, phrase. so his, his, so Jake's dad has sent him plane tickets because they're in, they're in New York. He's like, I want you to come home for Christmas, so here's your ticket from L.A. to New York. And Jake doesn't want to go home. He doesn't want to go home for the holidays. That's stupid. He wants to go to, like... Cabo, I think. Cabo San Lucas. With his girlfriend. And so he tells this lackey kid, get on the net and change my plane tickets from New York to Mexico. And well, the kid's and gets, like, okay. He has one plane ticket to New York that somehow covers the cost of two plane tickets to Cabo San Lucas. Right. That's not how things work. So I feel like whoever work. wrote this movie did about as much research as we did. Right. Maybe less. Possibly. I was like three pages into Google, so I'm pretty sure right. I did more. Yeah. And apparently this kid did it. So I don't know. It must have been really easy to hack Northwest in the late 90s. Right. So he then he somehow just gets the tickets like they're just magically in his hand then. Yeah. And he's walking through what appears to be the dorm and we get the girls in the hallway with the pore strips on their noses. I felt that. Yeah. Those Biore. First of all, why are they just wearing them in the hallway? Mm-hmm. Second of all, I looked this up because I wanted to know like when those kind of became a thing. Mm -hmm. And they were launched in Japan in 1996 before being launched in the U.S. And in order to drum up interest, they handed out samples on like college campuses and in magazines and oh, at yeah, Lilith yeah. Fair. A <laughs> little Fair. I would bet money, though, that this was a product placement. Probably. Like an intentional product placement in this movie. They don't work. No. I've tried them. Remember those commercials, the like really awful like animations of the strip pulling? Yeah. Like, how so your clogged pores, your pores are clogged with oil, which doesn't stick to stuff. So how would that even work? How would that even work? I don't mean to get too sciencey here. Don't get too real here. Just saying. So he's going through the dorms. He gets to his girlfriend's dorm room where he proceeds to bribe her roommate who clearly knows better than anyone in this movie that this kid is a useless jerk. Right. But she's swayed by granola bars, I guess. Eating it like a squirrel. Right. And then he just like kicks her out of her own room. And then goes and lies in the bed with his girlfriend who's sleeping. This movie is so bad. It's so creepy and bad and I hate it. He's pretty creepy and bad. He's not a good person. No, he's not. She's sleeping. She's sleeping. And she has a very, very 90s dorm room. There is a Smash Mouth poster. There is a Smash Mouth poster. I was into that. Very 90s. Uh, she's played by Jessica Biel. Jessica Biel is a homegirl. She's from Ely, which is known for its wildlife sanctuaries. I think especially the wolf sanctuary. Yeah. And her name is Allie, but it's spelled wrong. So good. So good. I loved that she is taller than JTT. And yeah. they do nothing to hide it. Mm -hmm. Like, I think, feel like if this was made today, he'd be in like pumps to be taller platform or something platform yeah shoes or up on apple boxes so that he was taller it's a really interesting thing that i like i feel like there's a lot more toxic masculinity nowadays than there was in the 90s in some ways yeah in some ways like like this like i feel like i said like today i don't think that you could, would make this movie and he wouldn't be taller than she was like he no. would have to be taller like think about what they do with tom cruise now right and put him in like fucking go-go boots or whatever robert downey jr is a very short guy who is always wearing platform shoes is he when short? He's, he's very short. Oh, I didn't know that. He wears platform shoes when he's in a lot of stuff because he's a tiny dude. It's okay to be short. It's guys. Fine. There's nothing wrong with it. Also, they look so young. They look very young. I don't remember the last thing I saw Jessica Beale in. She was on a show. Was she in was Seventh she Heaven? She was on Seventh Heaven. Yeah. Jake's talking to his girlfriend and he gives her eggnog? 
and yeah, she's it's like, like it's so some weird it's some like weird peace offering or something but, like she acts like it's like some he went to some great length like you can just buy that in the store i'm pretty sure you could just buy that in any store in december in the 90s did they mention that it doesn't have alcohol in it do they say that specifically maybe it was spiked I don't think, first of all, I don't know that you can get tiny little cartons of eggnog even then. That was weird. I don't know. But I don't know. It was very odd. And then he tells her that it's a freak snowstorm and she looks at the window and, oh, it's snowing in Southern California. And then it turns out that the nerdy kid is just shaking. Yeah. Ian is the one doing literally all the work in this movie. Literally. And Jake is taking all of the credit. What is his, what's his deal? Why is he doing this? Jake is clearly not cool. He's not like well-liked. It's not like he's helping out the popular kid. Because this is a very common trope of the 90s. Well, I'm over it. I'm over it too. Is this where he tells her about the tickets? Yeah, so he yeah. says, I, oh, because she was excited to go home for the holidays because she likes her family. And she was like, I'm going to go home, blah, blah, blah. And he goes, are you or are you going to go to Mexico with me? And she's like, oh, Jake, you shouldn't have. Did you have Ian hack the mainframe or whatever? Well, then she gets really mad, which is totally legit. Like, you didn't even talk to me about this. I yeah. have plans to drive home with whomever. Someone. And like, she's also from New York. They're um, all fucking from New York in this and movie. His he doesn't want to visit his family because his mom died. We don't know when. And he doesn't like his stepmom. We, we actually find out much later in the movie that she died ten months ago. Oh, I don't think I even noticed that part because we were wondering. We yeah. were wondering when this she is died. one of my notes earlier. Was like, how long ago did she die? It, it, she only died ten months ago. Oh, that really adds a new twist to it, doesn't it? Does it does add a bit of a twist, like. Anyway, we'll Was get to dad that. dad banging the stepmom before mom died? Maybe. Damn. Because like, so 10 months ago, mom died. They've been married. They had to have been married for at least a few months. It's not looking good for old Gary Cole. No. So he, she gets really mad at him and he, I don't know, doesn't, he goes to try on sunglasses. He's just in his room trying on sunglasses. Very 90s sunglasses. Very 90s sunglasses. And Ian's answering his phone like he's the butler. Maybe they have some weird kink thing going on. I don't know. I mean, I'm not going to kink shame, but at the same time, like, Ian, you deserve better. Yeah. And that's when he is talks to his dad. His dad's calling to see if he's still coming for Christmas. And this family that we see is like the very, very 90s pinnacle family. Yeah, there's a lot of sweaters. Sweater vests. The daughter is wearing a turtleneck and a sweater. That's a lot. It's she must a be lot really cold. happening in there. And dad's got pants that are like up to his fucking nipples. It's <laughs> it's Gary Cole. Who is Gary Cole. is quite the legendary character actor. Yes. He was the boss in Office Space. <laughs> and so he calls to see if he's still coming because, you know, manipulate your children. That's the best way to live your life. Well, he's like, are you coming home? We haven't seen you. Blah, blah, blah. Everyone misses you. And Jake's like, uh, I don't really want to. I've got this lab I have to finish up. And he's like, well, my travel agent called me and said that that ticket I got you for coming home was changed into two tickets for Cabo San Lucas. I feel like this was a, a good way of establishing that he really comes from money too. Like my travel agent, who the fuck has a travel agent? Nobody. Yeah. That's also very 90s. Very 90s. No. Does travel agents still very exist? Very 90s. Everyone just uses the internet now. Uh, yes, because old people still exist. Mm, true. True, true, true. 
So he's like, Dad, I don't want to come home. I don't like that you're banging this mom. This woman old mom was sick or whatever. And he's like, well, sport, how about if I give you this 1957 Porsche? But only if you get here by 6 p.m. on Christmas Eve. It has to be by 6 p.m. It can't be 6.01. It has to be 6 p.m. And then you get the Porsche. I'm going to uncover a little bit into this. That's not healthy. If you have to bribe your kid to come home for the holidays, maybe don't. Maybe don't. Maybe your kid has some issues and you have some issues and you guys should just talk that shit out. Get some online therapy, but don't be like, if you will denigrate yourself to come spend the holidays with us, I'll give you this car that even in 1998 was probably worth like $50,000. And it was like a classic Porsche too. Yeah. So then Jake's like, well, I get the Porsche. Well, dang. I guess I'm going to come home. So then he decides to change plans. So here's how this math of these tickets works. He had one ticket to New York that he changed into two tickets to Cabo San Lucas. Mm-hmm. And he then changed into two tickets for New York. Right. That's that makes not sense. how math works. No, that makes sense. He got like, he probably had one really nice ticket to New York and now he has two super shitty tickets. Maybe. Maybe that works out. So he then he goes to tell Allie about it and lies like an asshole is like oh change of heart yeah let's go home for Christmas mm-hmm. and well I'll pick you up at 8 a.m. tomorrow oh. yeah we're gonna drive out there together and then the oh did we talk about the jocks no we didn't oh he he was supposed to he was oh, selling no, we're getting, we're, yeah we're, so he's he's got like a side business of selling jocks answers to tests yeah which Via pager. He he pages them the answer. In peak 90s, he's doing it via pager. And he's not even doing it. Again. It's Ian. Ian. He gets the test, or he gives the guys the pager, and then he gets the test, because they throw one out the window, Mm because this teacher is not paying any attention whatsoever in this classroom that is definitely not a college classroom. Mm Mm-hmm. And he, they throw a test out the window. And he gets the test and, and tells Ian to run. So Ian goes to his computer mm-hmm. and is typing in answers to the test that are being sent to this pager. If I were this teacher, I would have been like, cool, give me your pagers. You're in, taking a test in class. Yeah, that's that doesn't, no. Cheating by a pager. But, the only way to cheat. But as Ian was running away with the test, Eddie, the dumb bad guy jock, sees him and follows him. I feel like and this is going to be a really boring episode because this movie's so stupid. It's so dumb. <laughs> and he stops them. And then the three jocks and Eddie find Jake at a party that night where he's like jerking off about this Porsche to some other guy. Mm-hmm. And they literally almost like try to murder him, it seems like. Like you dump yeah. a guy unconscious in a desert. Yeah. They beat him up. They super glue a hat to his head. And they a super glue an entire Santa suit onto him. Yeah. That's definitely some kind of assault. Some kind of assault. Legally speaking. It's like the Lion King. He wakes up in like a desert. And there's a vulture. Yeah. Throwback, JTT. So then Allie is standing in the one area of this college that we've ever seen waiting for Jake and he's not coming and he's not coming. And then suddenly Eddie, the bad guy jock, shows up. He's like, oh, well, I'll give you a ride. I happen to be going that way. Because yeah, they're all from the same area, apparently. Pretty cool. Guys, don't follow your significant other from high school to college. Just don't do it. No. Go somewhere else. But she'll t- she, Allie tells him that she'll slug him if he makes any racist or homophobic jokes. 
That's pretty big for the 90s, late 90s. It's very big for the 90s. It would be a lot better if there were any, like, people of color or gay people in this movie. Yeah, there isn't a single there a is, single like, person of color point, in it. There is, well, there are, there are a few. Up until this point, there is one person of color and was one of the asshole jock guys. So not a great stereotype Equal to be. opportunity. And then we get a handful, not even a handful, I'm saying like three other ones through the rest of the movie. Okay. But nothing, no gay people, gay coded or otherwise, because yeah. it was the 90s. So she gets in the car with Eddie and they, they drive off. And then Jake wanders the desert and comes out and finds like a gas station and makes phone calls with this guy's phone. And the guy's concern is that he's making long distance phone calls. Remember when long distance was something you had to worry about? Yeah, I do. I do remember that. <laughs> do any kids listening remember when you had to do? I remember one time when I was a teenager, my friend Kate lived in Pittsburgh and we would call each other all the time and we didn't pay attention to like, because it was like week like weekends and after seven was when it was right. cheapest. We didn't pay attention to that, and both of our phone bills were like three hundred dollars. And my mom had to sit, like, have a sit down. Oh no! She didn't make me pay it back, which is really nice because I was like fourteen. She was like, "You guys can't do that anymore. Like, you can't call each other every night," which is so <laughs> wild to me that that was a thing. Talk too much on the phone. This is right, before like texting. Now, like before texting, I had to explain dial up to Abby the other night. And it blew her tiny little mind. Like it's terrible. I played the sound for her, mm -hmm. and she's like, "That's awful." I'm gonna tell you what Kazaa was <laughs> and how it took you three hours to download one Metallica song, and now you have Spotify that plays off of a tiny computer that has more computing power than my entire house did as a child. You could this this iPhone has more technology than the programs that launched rockets into space in the '60s. What do I use it for? Podcasts. I found a Minesweeper app. All right. So he scams an old lady to get no, a ride. A old lady's like, do you, honey, do you need a ride? Where are you going? Yeah, and then he starts talking about how his dad is needs a triple bypass and the family got together to pay for it, which sure. is not how either triple bypasses or paying for things at a hospital works. I mean, that might be how triple bypasses work now. Who knows? Triple bypasses are a thing that when you discover you need a triple bypass, you need one like right now. Yeah, but maybe you can't afford it. Yeah, that's not how hospitals work. You get it done, and then you are just in debt for the rest of your life. My note here is, so this old lady is, she's like in her late 70s, and she has three friends with her, and they're driving a beautiful old, I believe it's a Studebaker, it's and they're going, to, they're going to Vegas to see Tom Jones, and I just want you to know that that's my future. That's you the future be a that Tom, I want. Tom girl? I want to be in a Studebaker with a bunch of old ladies going to Vegas to see Tom Jones. I mean, I think Tom Jones is dead, but I'm here for it if we can find someone else. I don't similar. think he's dead yet. When did Tom Jones die? I, I'm going to Google it. Did he? I thought he died. Oh, no, never mind. That bro's still... No, yeah, he's still rolling. How he's old 80. is he? He's oh. 80 years old. He could still run for Congress. So maybe someday you and I can mm. be Tom Tom girls. That would be fun. I love Vegas. So then he's in the car with the Tom Tom girls, and we get the wholly unnecessary vomiting into somebody's purse. Yeah, and he throws up. It's really gross. It's, I don't know why they felt. I think it's just because they needed to stop him from getting where he was going. Which, like, if you have to work that hard, you maybe should never have made this movie. Mm -hmm. So he gets kicked out of the car. One of the old ladies says, "Did I hurt you, Santa?" Good. Mm. Good for her. So he gets kicked out, and then he happens to walking along, and he walks up to like a like a farmer's market in a parking lot yeah i don't know there's some, some like... reason Allie and eddie are there he's made it he there oh, he's he's chasing him i guess 
and he just misses him or they get in the car or no, Eddie sees him or something. And then they, Eddie gets him in the car and runs off and, and so then he's holding signs to catch a ride except he's this is what they must have changed this at some point and not caught it the first sign he's holding says north polar bust and then the second later it says reindeer on strike like if you want to get somewhere maybe make a more serious sign first where is he getting the materials for the sign where does anyone get signs like that i'm always curious if you wanted to be taken seriously and maybe actually get a ride somewhere, put an actual location so people know where you're trying to go. Yeah, but he is also wearing a Santa outfit that probably smells pretty bad at this point since he's stuck in it. He's been sweating and vomiting. So maybe he was just trying back. to lean into it. Well, clearly it worked out really well for him because he is just walking around and he comes up to a Santa figurine in a sleigh and he just starts talking to it. Yeah, he's hanging out. It's just, you know. It's a, a weird storytelling choice after which he throws the Santa thing out and there's just like a blanket in this sleigh. Yeah, that's all very convenient. He sleeps in the sleigh and he gets kicked out in the morning. And then I am very, very confused about where he is after he wakes up. There's a lot of snow on the ground where he's walking. Yes, it seems like he, well, if he's like in the desert, there's snow in the desert, like in Nevada. It, it gets really yeah, cold at night. I mean, not that much snow in Nevada. Yeah. Like, okay, so I looked it up a little bit because I was like, he's dumped in a desert somewhere in California. It can't be that far because Eddie got back to the school in time, right? Mm-hmm. So a person who has actually like trained for it can walk 20 to 30 miles a day. Mm-hmm. Sounds awful. That doesn't get you much further out of California. No, not really. But so later in this is- movie, he also runs a like 5K and wins it. So That's he's in true. exceptionally good shape. So then he's walking on the side of a highway, which is a stupid choice to start with. Mm-hmm. And then we get possibly my favorite character in this movie, mm-hmm. the hamburger guy. The hamburger guy is all of us. The hamburger guy is in a pedo van. He's eating Very a burger. I think a tomato falls out of it and he just starts digging around. I know we all do this. I do this frequently. I work about 10 minutes from my apartment. So naturally, when I get into my car, I have to eat something because I can't wait. And there have been many times that I'm like, how can I eat this slice of cake in my car? And then I drop something and think, think, okay, you have to either let it sit there or you have to risk, you know, rear ending somebody. And obviously the answer is reach for it because you need that cake. You need it. You need it. I really want to know what Hamburger Guy's backstory is. Yeah, he seems like a weird guy. There is a lot of really reckless driving in this movie. Like, multiple times people just, like, whip over to the side of the road. Yeah. I mean, he also, isn't he, like, peddling stolen goods? Yes, he sure is. He's Find that out in a little bit. What I want to know is why doesn't Jake just get over the side of the barrier? Like, why run down the highway? Because it's more entertaining this way. It was not entertaining. You are wrong. Well, the director thought it was more entertaining this way. So he gets hit by the van. Of course. This very, very dumb hamburger guy mm-hmm. gets out and seems to think that maybe this kid is actually Santa. Yeah, I think that hamburger guy maybe was sniffing some glue or something earlier in the day. Yeah, for sure. That's my my guess. I don't remember his name. I don't care. Uh, but I looked him up because he looked really familiar, the guy who plays the hamburger dude. And he he has a super weird Wikipedia. He is apparently a toxic mold specialist, which was an interest that grew from mold issues that he experienced when he, it said when he had a, a home renovation gone awry, he totally wrote this Wikipedia entry himself. <laughs> like, there's no way he didn't write it. Um, he owns a mold remediation firm. So right, the hamburger then. guy's got some weird, some weird hobbies. Yeah. 
So Jake gets in the van, the pedo van, with Hamburger Dude, and they start driving, and Hamburger Dude is a very bad driver, so a cop is trying to pull him over because he's speeding. Yeah. And Jake decides he's going to scam a cop. Yeah, he's like, why stop now? I'm going to go. Go so, full. Yeah, so so Hamburger Guy's like, nope, not going to stop. Just going to, you know, he, yeah. he gives some dumb quote from his dad. Or like, better to go out in a blaze of glory or some dumb shit. Yeah. And Jake's like, no, I, I got this. I'll handle it. And he pulls over and they swatch, swap spots and he makes, somehow there's just an elf hat in the van. Like, again, just not a good movie. Not a good movie. So the cop pulls them over, but Jake tells him they're going to a children's hospital to give out toys. Yeah. And the cop's like, oh, this one? I'll take you there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I really don't like how friendly this cop is it's very un unrealistic yeah and so then they go to the hospital and jake pretends to be santa and apparently hamburger dude is fencing stolen goods so he mm-hmm. just has a bunch of home appliances that they give to the children there was an n64 in the back oh some kid lucked out and didn't some get kid. stuck <laughs> some kid had a great christmas and then they nolan goes i don't know just basically says like all right bye and leaves jake at the hospital by himself and the cop's yep. like oh well maybe you can help me get my wife back yeah this is when things start getting real odd he's like yeah i had my wife and i had a fallen out and they didn't have a falling out he literally cheated on her in a bar full of people well we all have our moments of weakness <laughs> And Jake's like, yeah, no, I'm good. And the guy's like, oh, well, it was in Nebraska, so it's like a six-hour drive. And Jake's like, is that east from here? Let's go. Yeah, that's funny. So what's what's six hours west of Nebraska? No, Nebraska's, I think, where they end up. Yeah, I'm saying where they start. Oh, yeah, I don't know. They've got to still be, like, in Nevada. I mean, it's got to be, like, okay, maybe they're into Colorado by this point somehow. Okay. Because from Las Vegas to Nebraska, it's like a 15-hour drive. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. So... If he's made it somehow to Colorado, that would explain the snow, I guess. Yeah. So they go to the restaurant that his wife is working at. Yes. Uh, what What is it called? It is called Turf and Turf. And all the cattle that they use for steaks are right outside. And frankly, I like that. I think you turf need to look your dinner in the like eye. The funniest Midwestern restaurant name I think I've heard in a long time. They're leaning into it. It's like... No surf and turf in this world. It's only turf and turf. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. <laughs> Back me up. But so he, Jake goes in, still dressed as Santa, and he's talking to Marjorie. And like, hello, this woman is working. Yeah, I really hate that. Like, I hate that. Like, me. don't bother. You already cheated on her. Don't bother your wife while she's trying to, like, serve the fine patrons of turf and turf. And she's, like, she's right. Like, this dude got drunk and made out with a chick at a bar that happened to have been his ex-girlfriend. Like, Marjorie's light, right. She should have left him. Yeah. She should have stayed away from him. Um, Cops are 40% more likely to beat their wives, so... Marjorie deserved better, and this asshole cop does not deserve her. Yeah. You... Also, is there anything more embarrassing than an unsolicited apology song in front of a crowd? I'm sure there is, but I can't think of what it is. Like, no, thank you. No, I would seriously no, double you. divorce him for that. Right, double divorce. But she takes him back, and then they the cop it. buys him a buys Jake a bus ticket? Yeah, I don't know. Sure. Uh, again, right. cops are not your friends. They're, you're cops not going to have a nice yeah. heartwarming interaction with the police officer when they pull you over. Yeah. You're not going to help him get his wife back. Co- cops are not good people. No. So then Jake's at the bus station and he's in the bathroom and there's a kid that comes out and he starts doing like market research on this kid of like which ho 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 is better. 
Yeah. And this kid, to his credit, gives really good feedback. He's brutally honest. He has a future in business. He already dresses like he's got a future in business. But that kid was in khakis and a polo, but he didn't wash his hands. He did not wash his hands. I like that we both made the same note. This little See, motherfucker. Even in caps. Both of us are in caps. That little Washing asshole. Washing your hands after you are handling your junk is really important. Super important. Wash your hands. Mm-hmm. He ends... Wait, does he get the... Is it the human organ thing? Not yet. So he's on the bus. He's on the bus, and then I think we go back to Allie and Eddie. Yeah, Allie and Eddie end up in a Bavarian village. This place is fucking incredible. They're in Iowa. Are they real? Do you think it's a real place? It is a real place. Oh my god, we need to go there when we yeah, can. Yeah, we do. Yeah, we absolutely do. Um, It's a Bavarian village. It just looks like you're in a little German village in like the, I don't know, late 19th century. Their hedges are shaped like pretzels. I love a pretzel. I love, I love pretzels. pretzels and beer and cheese and, I don't know, rabbit, whatever else they eat in Germany. Oh, and then, yeah, so then they, they come into this town and there's like a big clock with people acting out, like going around it. And, yeah, people are ju- and they drunk have to guys like, chasing the woman. It's great. Make sure that you know that Allie is a feminist and a strong woman who needs no man or whatever. Mm-hmm. And she says that the clock man is sexually harassing the clock lady. And I don't know about you, but that clock lady looked like she was having a grand time. I think she was into it. She was into it. That was yep. not sexual harassment. That was foreplay. That's right. That was called flirting and it's okay. Yes. And then these two dumb college kids start like wreaking havoc in the Bavarian village and running through the dances. Yeah. Um. Mind your business. Mind your business. And then we go back to Jake on the bus. And this is, mm. I think for me, the most real part of this movie is that no one questions this kid in a santa suit they're just like yeah all right you know what live your life right and then he sees a thing on the tv about the bavarian village apparently and eddie kisses Allie under some german version of mistletoe probably just mistletoe i don't know they're under like some sort of like arch or something i don't Mm. remember the kiss and arch he fakes an organ transport he finds some poor schmuck's cooler and then writes human organ on it and is like oh we i have to get it's just so stupid this whole thing is just the stupidest movie yeah so he fakes it with this cooler and like the liver sandwich that this guy was eating and he gets the bus to divert to the bavarian village Mm -hmm. and so they're they're driving that and then we get back to eddie and Allie, and they there's only one room left and one bed oh like this kind of made me laugh though when they're when they're in bed i okay so this is when i started rooting for eddie (laughs) not even gonna lie because this guy is wearing like 10 layers of clothes. Yeah. He's got mittens and shoes on and he's sleeping on top of the covers just to make her feel safe and comfortable. I think that that's pretty cool. I think that's super cool. And I think that if the situation had been reversed and Jake would have been the guy in this room, he would not have been doing those things. He well, would no, have been he... pressuring her yeah, to do he... something she wasn't comfortable with. But yeah, so I, this is when I started rooting for Eddie. Also, why does nobody ask for Jake's name? They all just call him Santa. Like, <laughs> Will hated that too. To him Will kept Santa. saying like, why do you keep calling him Santa? <laughs> Why does no one be like, hey, what's your name, kid? He's the only Santa cosplayer they've ever seen that didn't want to ruin the illusion. (laughs) Very weird. So then the bus shows up in the morning and Jake gets off and he takes the cooler and everyone's like, oh, get the liver to the girl who needs it or whatever. In the Bavarian village. To which he immediately 
dumps it into a garbage can. Yeah. And goes and try, it, like harasses the hotel concierge who gets him kicked out. Right. And he Rightfully sneaks back so. in and steals the thing from the housekeeping lady, finds the room they're in and goes in and then it's more dumb teenage shit. His hat gets ripped off, but his hair still looks perfect. Mm-hmm. He must smell so bad. He must smell just awful. He reveals the Porsche thing and that's why he's trying to get home to New York and, and Allie gets out of the Porsche thing. Yeah. She like dumps him on the steps of a bus and takes his spot on a bus, which does not seem like proper procedure for the bus, but cool, whatever. Couldn't do it now. And he just gets left there and then he and Eddie drive off together, which I thought was super, super weird. Yeah, they like this I guess decide that they're not like moral enemies or whatever. Apparently Eddie is like bonding with him over being brutally dumped by a girl. But then Jake starts talking about how he's going to get the Porsche and win Allie back. And this is why I'm still rooting for Eddie, because you could see in his face like, oh, I don't want you to get back together with Allie. Also, women don't care about cars. Not at all. Not at least no woman I've ever known has ever been like, oh, he has. That's that's certainly not why someone's going to date you. No, no, no. You can have a cool car, but it's not going to be the reason that I date you. Yeah, it's not going to win you any like bonus points. And especially, I don't know, like if you're in college, yeah. Right. So then Eddie's like, why am I helping you? Fuck this. And recklessly pulls over on the side of the highway and uh, next to like a, and kicks him out again. And then we reach the Santa 5k because there's not (laughs) enough shit happening in this movie. It's just so stupid. That's so stupid. So he he enters this 5K. Some dude pays for his race. We get a sort of racist stereotype. There's a a black guy in like a super skin tight Santa suit. Yeah. There's like a really and super he goes, oh, that guy will give us a run for money. And then Jake goes, Kenyan? And the guy goes, yes. So like, okay, so the Kenyans yeah, come that's, in. Yeah, that's Not real. Great. Hmm. Yikes. Outside of that, though, I thought the Santa race was pretty funny. Yeah, my favorite was the sign that just said, Jesus loves Santa. <laughs> and then the, the nun that was like jumping up down, the priest is like, hey, now. Yeah, she was excited. Calm it down there, nun. Mm-hmm. So Jake somehow wins the race because the Kenyan runs into a sign. Yeah. So he wins and then he's going to take his thousand dollars that he won and fly back home. Still has no ID though, so I don't know how that's going to work out for him. And the taxi driver's like, uh, well, we don't like you much because the mayor always wins and donates his money for turkeys for people that can't afford it. Yeah, the donation always goes, or it's always donated to, like, help the needy. And then Jake's like, well, damn it. So he turns around and he gives the money to the what turned out to be the mayor of the town who always wins the race. Oh, I missed that. Yeah, he was the mayor, apparently. Sounds rigged. Sounds rigged. But you know what? It's rigged for a good cause. Sure. So I guess... Not so bad. So then he calls his sister, and his sister just has enough money lying around to buy him a ticket. Yeah. I don't know how all this worked, because you can't just... uh, One minor can't buy another theoretical minor a ticket over the phone. He's not technically a minor. Well, one minor can't... You can't buy a plane ticket when you're, like, nine years old. No. And then she gives him this, like, ridiculous password to pick up Mm -hmm. his ticket. Tracy, his sister, is 100% my idol in this movie because she's she's just giving no fucks whatsoever. I love her so much. (laughs) So she gives him this ridiculous password to say, and one part of it is that Tracy's a mad cool goddess, which is a fair 90s phrase, and I love it. I love that. But then, like, he still can't get the ticket because he doesn't have any ID on him. That makes sense. But then, because this is pre-2001... Yeah, he climbs into a dog crate. He manages to get into the area where all of the cargo is stored, Mm -hmm. puts himself in a dog crate, and gets on the plane and flies on the plane. Yeah. And then lets the dog out so he can escape the plane. 
this would not happen today. I don't think that would happen in 1998. Probably not. I'm going to say some creative liberties were taken. So then he gets to his hometown by, like, hijacking a ride on top of a car? Yeah, he just, like, I didn't know literally... how that even happened, but, like, okay. And then he flies off, and then he steals a sleigh and a horse. Yes, like you do. And he drives through, like, this fucking idyllic little yeah. village, which is just ridiculous. And he runs over carolers. They're dead now. They're dead now. And then he stops in front of Allie's house because she also lives in this town. <laughs> She's like five minutes away. Right. And she's got like the most iconic 90s striped color block shirt on. It's right from Delia's. It's Absolutely. straight out of Delia's. It was great. And so he makes up with Allie and they take the sleigh to his house where the fucking Porsche is parked out in the snow. That bothered me a lot. That thing is a convertible. That is a classic like 50s Porsche convertible and you have it out in the snow. No serious car collector would do this. No, not Never at all. in a hundred years. And then he he has changed his ways and he waits until after six to go into the house. Yeah, because he gets there at like he gets there five, at five fifty seven or something. And then he's like, Well tell me when it's after six because I am a changed man. It's after six and they go in the house and dad still just gives him the Porsche. Like, he's just so happy. His kid came home for Christmas. He's like, yep, Porsche's yours still. It's cool. You're a terrible person, but Sorry I guess about you your mom. have it. And then they go, they decide they're going to go on a ride in the sleigh that he stole, but the parade has come down this street somehow. I hate this movie. But then Tracy, my idol, <laughs> gives the great line of, let this buggy rip, bro. <laughs> and I'm going to give it to this movie. The parade is very multicultural. Well, they finally found a black guy who wasn't a running Kenyan, huh? They had a Kwanzaa display, a oh. Hanukkah display, and oh. a Christmas display in there. That's nice. Thing. Oh, Eddie okay. got arrested at some point, too. I can't remember why, but he did. Oh, that's funny. But what? I don't know what happened to Eddie. He just he's gone forever. Anyway, this movie was awful. Don't watch it. Yeah, it's pretty bad. Watch the Santa Claus. That one's fun. Yeah. I mean, I'm hoping it's still going to be fun when we watch it again. All right. So this movie was really bad. It was really bad. There's obviously no adaptations. I don't even think this one got a video game. So there you have it. <laughs> What what would you rate this movie? I would rate this movie like 0.5 out of 10 bouncing Santa hats. I'm going to give it 1 out of 12 cheating cops. So overall, not good. Not good. It's not a good movie. It's not a good movie. If you have little kids, they might think it's fun. Like the New York Times writer said. Right. If or if you saute your, brains, your brains in butter. Maybe you'll enjoy this movie. All right. Thanks for listening. We hope you enjoyed our episode about I'll Be Home for Christmas. I would say if we wildly fucked anything up to let us know, but I know that we got this one fucking dead on because this movie's terrible. Nothing about it. And that's dispute. I mean, it's that's a fact, not an opinion. You can find us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at WTPA Pod. Remember to rate, review, and subscribe. Thank you, and have a safe rest of the year. And a happy holidays or a happy winter time if you don't celebrate the holidays. Happy December. Happy December. Fuck off 2020.
Will and I, so I'm trying to like bring the, the holiday spirit into the, the dungeon that we live in. And I told him I wanted us to watch some of our like favorite childhood ones. So his is this weird thing called like Snow White's Christmas Tale. It's, it's not Disney. It's some weird animated thing where Snow White, it's like about Snow White, but Snow White's daughter, whose name is also Snow White, and she goes and like fights ogres or something. Mine is the California Raisins Christmas special. <laughs> that shit was so weird. Like we found it on, I think it's on like Vimeo or something. And I watched nice. a few minutes and I was like, my, I can't believe my mother let us watch. This is a fucking acid trip. It is so weird. If you want a cute, short, little like Disney animated thing, there's Pluto's Christmas tree oh, is on okay. Disney Plus and it's got Chip and Dale and it's just really cute and a pretty animated thing. And that's one of my favorite things. Okay. 